tea and sympathy where two american ladies talk about drinking tea and watching british television shows i am one half of your host set hosts uh uh, hosting team your hosting team uh i'm melissa and i am sarah and i'm using the right microphone this week oh so we're getting it's like it's like we're almost like next stop webbies nope that's not a podcast word uh next stop the podsies the podsies um i don't either Uh. um so we're on social media are you on social media we're on social media uh we are on twitter at the letter t and sympathy pod uh we are we have a website we have a website. It's great. Uh, it's com. We have an email where you should send us love letters and like sponsorship opportunities. I'm looking at you, shower cap. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pod. We can be found on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Hello, mom. <laughs> let's get into it it feels like an eternity since we last talked i a lot has talk. happened i've missed you i've missed you too and so much has happened and so we're, much has happened we were afraid that we were going to be derailed by your power outage but oh geez yeah uh, oh geez yeah uh <laughs> yeah we had a we had a power outage last night in nashville but lo and behold, around 2 a.m., let there be light. Nice. And air conditioning, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really super great. Yeah. Oh, what is going on? We have so much to talk about. I think this might be I I I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like this is our first like one hour. <laughs> We have so much to talk about. Well, first of all, tell me, are you drinking tea? I am. Yep. 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 I'm drinking a nice cup of berries. Sweet. Um, yeah. It was like, it was very, it was, it was very needed. Well, I'm drinking uh, coffee, but <laughs> I would like to say that we have returned to a habit that we had sort of let go of the past several months, which is having a nice cup of decaf berries in the evening. Now and then. Oh, see, I feel like we should record. Oh, modern life. I feel like we should record this like mid afternoon when it's like tea time or like at 11 Z's time. Oh, yeah. But, but like, alas, we have lives and things to do and like, as much as I would love to be like, yes, I would love to sit down around 3 p.m. on any given. I mean, we record on weekends, so maybe. But I like our morning recording. Yeah, plus I don't know about you, but I'm an old person now and I can't sleep in anymore. So, um, Well, I am unsure if I can or cannot because I now have a dog who is absolutely an old person uh and um no longer lacks the muscle control to like well it's a whole thing she 
It's a whole thing. She's got to get up and do her, her thing in the morning. She's got to get up and do her thing in the morning, but that's mostly because she like doesn't do her thing at night because she doesn't want to, I don't know, poop in the dark. Which, <laughs> like she's a dog. I thought their vision was better. It, it's a whole thing that they, we don't, they don't need to know about this. I am now to my dog who will poop anywhere. Oh, well, she did poop in the house yesterday. Which oh, great. well, that's not the that B. Mm-mm, no. Not happy about it. Um, yeah. I, I, have, I have a – she's not, like, swiftly declining, but I have – I very clearly have, like, an elder dog. Well, she's very endearing. I know she is. That's why I tolerate it so much. <laughs> Just love it. But, yes, she does – I no longer know if I can sleep in because she does not allow me. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about Fleabag. Mm. Sorry, I just had to take a big gulp of tea just to, yeah, (laughs) yes. I noted that we talked about the first season, or you mentioned the first season, but then on our uh, next week, you also have Fleabag season two. So are we, is, uh, oh, we no, no. That's just, because I forgot to delete stuff. Okay. So we're talking about season. So let's, for our, for our listeners, we are talking about Fleabag seasons one and two. Yep. Got it. Okay. Carry on. Um, so I don't think we have, we didn't talk about, I think we've mentioned Fleabag, but I was kind of surprised that we didn't talk about season one just because it's very British. I mean, but it, the show is so, I don't know, it's so perfect and mind-blowing, and I, I keep waiting for, like, the, the Fleabag backlash to happen. And the when it does happen, fallout. when it happens, I will ignore it, but... I don't think it's coming. I have to be honest. I do not believe it is coming. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think the backlash is coming. Well, if you don't, if you don't know, and... And where have you been if you don't? My God. Get involved. But Fleabag is a British comedy drama television series set in London, premiered in July 2016, and wrapped its second series in April 2019. Those are uh, UK air dates, but safe to say it's available in the US now on Amazon Prime. Prime. Um, the show creator is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She wrote it and she stars as the protagonist who is just known as Fleabag. Um, and this, <laughs> this description Which calls her... Just ang- delights me to no end. The <laughs> just character named Fleabag. Uh, this description calls her an angry, confused, and sexually voracious young woman living in London. Accurate. Uh, the program is particularly known for breaking the fourth wall when um, Waller Bridge's character talks to the camera. It's a, a, a big feature and it becomes notable in the mm. Um It's adapted from Phoebe Waller Bridge's 2013 Edinburgh uh, Festival Fringe. Fringe Festival? Shouldn't that be? Anyway, I think one woman play. Fringe Festival. One woman play of the same name, which won the Fringe First Award, and the initial idea of the character of Fleabag came from a challenge by a friend, where Wallerbridge was given the task of creating a sketch for a 10-minute section in a stand-up storytelling night, and out of that 10 minutes was born. God, she's a genius. I mean, I just, let's get that out of the way. Like, give her a Nobel Prize for something. Like, I feel like we should run down what Phoebe Waller-Bridge is currently doing because I think that that alone, like, impacts 
how amazing everything is. So like, just for context, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna give a quick rundown of what Phoebe Waller-Bridge is currently working on. <laughs> like, in, let's like start, so she's st- like, let's, we'll just go with her like most recent. Um, well, I mean, she had Crashing, which is prior to all of this, which is delightful. Mm-hmm. Is that, you should watch that as well. But like, so she writes, stars in Fleabag. She uh, voices a droid in Solo, and it is hilarious. If you have not seen it, you should see it. It's a delight. She writes and stars in Fleabag. She writes and produces Killing Eve, which is just mm, nearly, also nearly flawless television. She's uh, in the process of writing a series um, called Run, and she's writing the Bond script. Yeah. She, I mean, come on. She's also in Broadchurch. Yes, she was for a split second. Aficionados of yes, coastal British child murder. <laughs> anyway, There's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. So, like, she's a genius. Let's just, I'm going to say it right now. She's a genius. She deserves lots and lots and lots of awards, but not just like Emmys or Golden Globes, but like the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Literature, literature awards and mm. such. Mm. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, sorry, I just, I completely dove right in because I adore her. Well, the, the first season, which I started to go back and rewatch, um, is kind of rough. Like, it, I mean, it's very, very funny. Like, and it starts out, I think it kind of sucks you in by, yeah, you believe that it's going to be this, you know, saucy story, girl in the city getting into yeah. sexual misadventures, but there's right. a lot a lot going on having to do with um, her mother has died in the last few years. Um, she has a fraught relationship sort of with her sister. Yeah. Um, her sister's husband is a terrible person. Which I, mm, we can come back to that, but. And her father is now in a relationship with her godmother <laughs> who is also oh. an awful person, but is played by Libby. God. Hall. And just so good. <laughs> it's it's a it's a perfect casting call, really. Especially since, like, if your first exposure to Olivia Coleman is Broadchurch, it's again like just like British women doing everything. Like Olivia Coleman, amazing in Broadchurch, then swings to the favorite and is hilarious on another level there, and then swings back to like just doing like hilarious comedy here. It's just, she's just, my God, she is, she is the worst. She well, is and a horrible it, person. She's, she's doing so much with the writing because the lines as delivered by, you know, many other people. A lesser be, woman. Yeah, would not be nearly as devastating. No, oh but God. they are. They just like one line, just like leveling, like. Oh my, don't you have a lovely thick neck? Like, oh. <laughs> and just, just like slip a knife right in between those ribs and just like. <laughs> to provide the context too. So she's, um, she's the godmother of these girls and she's dating their father now, living with them actually. So um, 
<laughs> she's an artist and she <laughs> specializes in like she sculpts and paints and the ex- she has an exhibit that's going on that's a it's a, a sex exhibition a sex exhibition right exhibition and so it's like super embarrassing and she's like deadly serious about it and I mean she's <laughs> she acts embarrassed embarrassing about it the the um, flea bag finds her sort of just too much I mean yeah because wouldn't you find your if you had like a parental figure in your life who's like come speak about my vulva (laughs) we just earned our a rating e rating although it shouldn't be an e rating because it's just a anatomically correct term so whatever this could be a medical podcast and it would be fine (laughs) just like get get less prudish oh speaking of less prudish I'm sorry I need to go off on this tangent have you ever watched – we don't get it in the United States because we're a bunch of puritanical arseholes. Um, they have the Naked Dating show in the UK. Have you ever oh, seen bits about this or heard about it? I have heard about it. I have not watched an episode of it, but I've seen yeah. it on They got naked like- people just, like, on the TV in the UK. So, like – Lest we think we're so, like, free and breezy, America, just remember this country was founded by people who fled Britain because it wasn't puritanical enough. (laughs) And I believe that has fed all of our laws and all of our social norms. And frankly, I want more naked people on like network television there i mean we have naked and afraid yeah i don't want to watch afraid people be naked i just want to (laughs) watch naked dating shows uh so sorry about that the first season of fleabag so it got really so she's dealing with i mean i don't know how spoilery we want to be but she's dealing with the death of her mother and also spoilery like I don't know. It's, we're going to tell you what happens. We're going to tell you what happens. Look, it's going to be fairly spoilery because several things. It came out a few weeks ago. <laughs> it is only six episodes. Um, so it's an easy watch. They're like six, eight, six, six episodes, 30 minutes a pop. If you haven't already watched it, like pause it, go watch three hours and come back. <laughs> Listen, just like, go sit down on your couch for three hours out of whatever day this is that this gets published. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> you can figure out the details. I'm really a big picture person, but like we're going to get spoilery with it because I have to. So it becomes clear pretty early on, I think in the second episode or maybe the first, but she's, so her best friend has died. She owns a guinea pig cafe with her best friend. <laughs> with and Hillary. <laughs> yes and uh there's flashbacks about she and the friend and like it's to illustrate you know obviously how close they were and everything and it it's revealed very early on that uh her friend was dating somebody very seriously and uh well this part isn't revealed very early on but fleabag slept with the boyfriend yeah and- the so the show goes like it the show kind of makes you th- and the friend has died and it, the show makes you think that the Breakup is what caused the friend to, uh, it's almost implied that the friend commits suicide by walking in front of a bus. 
Yeah, but didn't she say that she was just trying to get attention? She walked um, in front of a biker, but the... Oh, in front of a biker, right. Yeah. But anyway, it was obviously a horrible, tragic, you know, and so Fleabag has a part in this or believes that she has a part in having made that happen. And so she's dealing with that and um, it sort of sets the, the scene for some like bad choices being made and... Um, she meets this man on a bus that has like terrible overbite and he has rat, rat teeth. teeth. Yeah. And she kind of I don't know. It's funny because it's like it sort of sets you up to think that the show is gonna be about like looking for a man and it's not at all. No. That's just a an escape valve that she's using. Um, <laughs> sort of distract herself from what's really going on, but um, I found actually that the last episode of the first season, I really hated it. Did you? It made me very angry. <laughs> it was just Any- too, it was too much. It was just one thing after another, like one mm-hmm. anvil after another being dropped on her head. And like her father was terrible to her. Her sister yeah. was terrible to her. Um, I have some issues with the flea bag. Claire relationship just from the perspective of like even if they have like a fraught relationship and again I'm an only child so I don't really know but like I'm always under the impression that like for the most part when people like mess with your fan like it, she it feels not believable to me that she would so very clearly like not side with her sister like, yeah so her brother-in-law mean? gets drunk it's and disgusting her. yes yeah so he gets drunk and kisses flea bag like comes onto her and kind of jumps on her and um he tells claire the sister that she that flea bag came onto him and like i don't know why i guess and claire believes him I guess she believes him because of the whole like boo storyline and like because she was sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend. So like, but I don't know, man. It's not like Claire doesn't know that Martin is the worst. Well, you know, if she chooses to believe him, then that means that her marriage isn't, you know, a sham, right? Hmm. True, but it is. Um, (laughs) I did not American, by the way. We should say his character is American. So yeah, and he's done by uh, a comedian who is recognizable. Who, but I never know what I recognize him from. To be honest, I fully, um, I did not appreciate Claire's creepy stepson until season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's Claire? Where's Claire? Where's Claire? Where's Claire? Um, well, when season two started. So they make it clear right away that it's like a year later. Yep, 371 days. And she's, like, first of all, in the first episode starts out, like, amazing. <gasps> oh, what a great start to an episode. I mean, I, even if we were to describe it, it would not do it justice. No. Let's be real. But suffice to say that it's a year later, it becomes clear, like, pretty early on that Fleabag has gotten herself together, like that they've kind of moved on, not moved on, but that they've gone on with their lives and that she's sort of... Well, she hasn't spoken to her sister, really. Yeah, but she's like gotten a hold of herself and like 
I hate saying like she's grown, but she goes to boot camp. She doesn't make any, she's making as when we meet her or when we see her in the second season, she's making no ill, uh, poor sexual decisions. No, she's playing tennis. Good for her. I, but like, there's so it's the little things in this show where he's the like first scene where the guy like asks her to come upstairs and she like says like no and then runs away. <laughs> it's not like there. Here's what I like about Fleabag, the character and the show. But like, she has zero chill and she never tries to pretend and that she does. Yeah, she just doesn't. She has no filter. She seems she seem seems to have no filter, but the thing is she does have a filter because she says it to the audience. So she always thinks things through with the audience before she says things, even though she says things that are not always appropriate, but I <laughs> Yeah, her breaking the fourth wall is a thing that happens like both seasons. She I love it. Drops all her little asides. Like the first season when she meets the rat guy and he says, I'm gonna treat you, I'm gonna treat you like a nasty little bitch. And she like looks at the camera and grins. <laughs> and then he says, No, 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 I'm just kidding, I won't. And she looks at the camera and frowns. <laughs> and it's very I mean, it's very like note perfect, like very quick really good God, it's just like can you imagine like the filming like the production process of this she just know she just knows it all in her head yeah i love i just i adore her um well, well in season two episode one just to like set yeah scene, there's a family dinner happening because the godmother and the father are engaged they're gonna get married oh, Jesus. Um, by, a ca- by a Catholic priest, which I still don't understand how they managed to swing that because they don't seem to actually ever go to church. Well, you know, he's a cool priest. So. Well, he's No, he is a hot priest. He right. Hot priest. Right. So this is where she meets hot priest um, played by Andrew Scott. And- who is, I'm just going to read my notes word for word, who is an angel sent from heaven and I'll hear nothing against him. <laughs> If you only know him as Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes, check him out in Fleabag. Cause I mean, but he's also in several things, which is delightful. He's in The Hour, which is one of my favorite shows. He's in a Bond um, movie. He is in a Bond movie. He's in John Adams for a few episodes. He's in Denial, which is also one of my favorite movies. Um, it's about a Holocaust denier. <laughs> Uh, but he's very good in it. Um, he's in lots of things. Um, but this touches off a relationship between her and Hot Priest, who, um, you know, it's like, will they, won't they, do they, don't they, kind of for a few episodes. But during the unfolding of this relationship, it becomes apparent that he can hear her fourth wall asides. Or like, it's, it's not that he can hear them per se, but he knows when she does them. Yeah, because he says well, because he, he hears well because well sometimes he hears them because he's yeah. heard the, the the lovely neck comment. Which why are we talking about neck so much in the show? <laughs> um, but I just love the idea of he 
sees the fourth wall break and like therefore he is the only person who has ever like seen her been on her level kind of a thing yeah i love that yeah i love it it's so well done too because it's not this like hit you over the head romantic comedy you know what i mean like Mm, they fight it's a very Talk about things human i don't know it's closer to a real life experience i think like when you meet a person that you're like oh. yeah. i mean i love the like episode that has the like him with the foxes yeah because <laughs> there's just something about it and like the the way that episode ends is yeah. like with them like both like spotting a fox and screaming but it like cuts off before it just it's so good it's edited remarkably well um i like when he swears and she says oh you're a cool priest and he goes no i'm a big reader with no friends are you (laughs) (laughs) and they're drinking canned gin and tonics which is like such a uniquely not american thing yes and they're not refrigerated and I feel like th- that's not something you understand unless you drink that. They're delicious. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get that. There's sort of that thing here now, canned cocktails, but it's not. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. We haven't perfected it. The rest of the world does canned gin and tonics, I feel like. And we just have not. Historically, our puritanical roots have. Um, yes. And, yes. Instead, we have. Miller Light Lime Merida beer. Can I ask, can we, I mean, we can cut this part out, but like, what's going on with beer? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was in the store the other day and there's it's terrible, literally strawberry lemonade, natural light. Why? Yeah. There's a um, Budweiser, like, honey tea. <laughs> I'm like, what the F? I don't <laughs> think we should cut this out. I think we should leave it in. Uh, leave it in. I just, I love that you also mentioned the whole storyline with Claire. Claire. There's so much that goes on in these six episodes that's amazing. And like, so Claire is this, she's a lawyer or whatever. No, she's not a lawyer. (laughs) Oh, she's in finance or something. The whole family thinks she's an attorney. Her husband, Martin, thinks she's a lawyer. And she's like, no, I'm not. I work in finance. And they're like, no, you're, you're a solicitor. You work in a bank office. And they're no. Well, she's, oh. very, she's a very serious businesswoman. And she's um, having some award, the Best Woman in Business Award, which is also <laughs> amazing. Because they don't even bother to, like, give it a, a good fake name. It's also, just like, it's got Chris. I mean, plus the, like, I mean, we touch on. I'll, I'll touch on this later. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but she's real spun up about giving this best woman in business award. And um, there's, it, this is how it introduced, her name is Claire. And this is how um, this man named Claire, this Nordic man named Claire. Finish. Finish is introduced into her life. And he's clearly like super into her. And it, it just undoes her. Like, because nobody's acted like this around her for so long. And um so it's just great because she's Claire and he's Claire and like the whole rough. like the like it's like oh it's like a literally a one minute interaction but the whole like cockwork 
(laughs) interaction between the the two sisters is just like it's just it's every little detail is thought through and i love it (laughs) and then the best woman in business award goes to kristen scott thomas who's an amazing character yes and she does such a good like so fiona shaw and Kristen Scott Thomas also guest star in this, and Fiona Shaw is very recognizable. Um, even if you're not a British, crazy British person like we are, um, but she's also plays a big part in. I feel like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge just was like, "Hey, you're on Killing Eve. What are you doing over the weekend? You want to film a scene and just like scoop, swoop in and just be spectacular in your one five-minute scene and then leave." Uh, but yeah, I really like Kristen Scott Thomas in this. She's great. I aspire to be that woman. Yeah. Her, um, one of my favorite parts of that scene is when Kristen Scott Thomas um, wins the award and the one of the other nominees like freaks out about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the younger woman, yeah. The younger woman? It just makes me very happy. Yeah, because Kristen Scott Thomas doesn't care about it. No, she couldn't be arsed. Uh, but there's a fantastic scene with her and Fleabag oh in the bar. So great. And she, like, I, I'm not kidding you. I stopped the show after she gives that speech about, like, this Go is out and flirt. Well, like, this is women's experience through their lives. And then they oh have God. this, like, change. The internalized in pain. Yeah. And then. Um, they go through menopause and then you come out the other side of it and you're a person. You're free. Oh, I am. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. So this might be a little too much, too much personalness, but I feel that very intensely having recently, uh, had some of my baby making parts removed. Like, (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> laughing at your turn of phrase. <laughs> well, like I didn't know what else. I had, whatever. Like I, I feel, I feel free. It's so weird. It's, it's so. It's happened literally immediately. Like I just woke up and I was like, oh my god, I am a person. Yeah. I'm a person now. I am no longer just a uterus, which like I don't see myself that way, but society does. Yeah. For better or for worse, whether they know it or not. Like Well, all I can say is that when the handmade oh. times come, you and I will be in the colonies together. <laughs> nuclear waste and we'll be fine time, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll be no, no. You know what? No, we'll be Martha's. Do you don't think they'll punish us for our <laughs> refusal yeah. to have children? <laughs> I might. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to the colonies. Well, I have friends in Canada, so. All right. Well, if we have to go to the colonies together, I'll pick up your teeth when they fall out, and you can do the same for me. Oh, my God. I appreciate it. Watch Handmaid's Tale now on Hulu. (laughs) It is uplifting. (laughs) Do you ever find that it's, like, a little bit weird when people are like, I love that show. Like, I watch it. Okay. Did you see, now, apologies in advance to any of our kardashian whatever friends did you see either kylie or kendall i can't Um, remember which one one of them had a handmaid's tale themed baby shower 
Yeah, it was Kylie, I think. It was birthday party. Oh, sorry, birthday party. A handmaid's themed baby shower would be like another level of trolling. Dark dark shit. That is dark times. But like, dear white people. I, I can't decide if Whoa. it was, like, abject dumbness because, you know, or if it was, you know, just part of the outrage factor. Being a Kardashian? Yeah. I don't know. Because all of her friends seemed just delighted as hell by it. So I, I'm concerned <laughs> that they're dumb. Yeah, I don't know how you watch that show and think... This seems like yeah, a good idea for a party. party. You know what this show screams? Party. Theme party. Yeah. Uh, uh, oof. Oof. I don't know. Maybe they all like wrote, the, you know, checks to the ACLU afterwards. Or no, they didn't. <laughs> Give me a break. You know they didn't. Come on. Hey, Kim is out there lobbying for prison reform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Studying to be a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. It's like she always almost gets it, you know? Like, if if she wants to do that and that's, you know, great. I think that's great. And You um, don't have to talk about it. Well, but she says stuff like, you know, I have this person that comes to my house and teaches me everything and I can, you know, she can go to whatever program she wants to and... It's like she gets so close, and then she opens her mouth, and it's like, "Do you understand? all of the all of the dumbness just tumbles out? Your unique ability to do things like this, like bees, yeah. <laughs> like a swarm of bees, big dumb bees, yes, <laughs> big dumb bees, not honeybees, but like the bumbly, like the bumbly uh, taxi, like bumping into walls, bees, <laughs> the drunk, t- the drunk." college girl be there you go absolutely that's what i call bumblebees so do we have anything else that we should yeah well i wanted to talk really quickly about flea bag related yeah the part about a ton to touch on otherwise the part where claire gets the haircut (laughs) oh my god and she's so upset and they march to the hairdressers because uh, Fleabag's like, we're not going to take this. And she like marches into the hairdresser and was like, no, <laughs> you're not doing this to my sister. And he's like, show her the picture. <laughs> and Claire, of course, has gotten exactly the haircut that she asked for. And then Fleabag's like, see you on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just marches out again. But then but then Claire finished Claire, the man, sees her and is like, I love your hair. It's so chic and you look so beautiful. And I, I think that this show is all about like meeting somebody who sees you as like the best. Yes. Oh I'm like, I don't want to clap into a microphone. But like <laughs> I'm raising my fists in triumph. Like it's just Meeting someone who sees you for, like, the hideousness that you are. No, that's not right. And I will say, I, like, in my current stage of life, it's, like, it's a very, um, the relationship between Fleabag and the priest, like, was even less about, like, will they, won't they, blah, 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 blah. It was more, like, Finding someone 
who sees you and like loves you intensely and like kind of leaning into that even when you know it's not gonna ever work out yeah like there is no happy ending yeah like sometimes sometimes you have to i don't know i i just love this show so much and i cried a lot no not a lot i cried well there's so much about they're like, you know, the, the way their relationship that develops that's like t- terrifying in a way because it's, if you think about them as real people, you know, being in that situation, it's like, well, somebody's gonna, you know, mess up something pretty big for themselves <laughs> if they go through with this, but it's like they, you know, they have to pursue it. I think the, the last episode where they're at the wedding, and I mean, Claire and her husband sort of go through that um, because he realizes that she's, that he's going to lose her. And he makes this like fairly <laughs> convincing actually um, speech about like, look, I know that I'm terrible. Like I know that, you know, I drink too much and I don't pay enough attention to my kid and like, I take you for granted and I make terrible jokes and I'm crude and, but he's begging her really. Yeah. You know, to stay with him. And honestly, I'm watching it. I love that she doesn't fall for it. I'm sorry. I do. Well, and I thought she was going to, I did too. And I was like, Claire, no, Claire, no, no, Claire, no. But I mean, and he's, he's an awful person. Like there were so many, the worst but in that moment it was like oh like this is the thing about being a person is that you are one (laughs) you know like you're this humanity exists in everybody and he was like really putting it all on the line there for her but it was too little too late which makes me very happy yeah and then the last scene between her and the priest was like just kill me gutting oh my god just like gutted gutted but like even in the end she's like with the fox and she's like he's he's over there (laughs) (laughs) um and it had a perfect ending like the last moment of that show was just perfect yeah so phoebe waller bridge man knows how to write some television yeah well knows how to end a series like that was just chef's kiss yeah she is perfection so in conclusion watch Watch, fleabag watch fleabag watch it several times watch it more than once. Watch it every weekend. Um, I did want to ask, what did you mean when you said you didn't get the Martin storyline? I don't know. He's garbage and trash. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get why everyone believes him. He's obviously a garbage human. I don't know why Claire sticks with him. I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't get it. Little unbelievable that she'd marry an American. I do as well, and I find it a little unbelievable that she'd marry that American. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. I just find his storyline, like, wildly unbelievable that she would knowingly marry that idiot. I know that it's been keeping you up at night for a long time about why... Jimmy Perez was yelling at that woman in the promos for Shetland. So I wanted to tell you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. So her daughter is missing and she was increasingly troublesome about that. And like, I'm going to find her and I'm going to pay the kidnappers ransom and blah, 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 blah. 
um, she kept going to the people she thought had taken her daughter's house and like threatening them. And she finally went and kidnapped the one guy and oh. was going to drive him off of a cliff. That's why she's in the car. Was he in the car? Um, I think that he was in the car and then he got out because the police got there. But she was going to rev herself over the cliff. Oh, so dear. he was actually trying to talk her down from, you know. The ledge? Off in herself. All right. Fair enough. Um, and the end of that season had a really cute ending, but. Uh, cute? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, if, if, you're, if anyone out there has watched Shetland and hasn't seen season five yet and you like the show, then check it out. All right. You watched Mary, Queen of Scots. Yeah, I did not like it. It's not a good movie. No, no shade to um, the actresses. There's, yeah, the actresses are great. I will say, Margot Robbie maybe less than Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan, I think, is spectacular in it. Yeah, she was really good. And it was really stunning. Yeah, it was her her movie, really, and... Um, I don't think Margot Robbie could have done much with that. They they created a very bad interpretation of the character of Elizabeth for her. And yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean, it was a choice, an artistic choice, but a, a poor one in my estimation. So, um, you know, the historical stuff, it bugs me. It bugs me. Yeah, it's real inaccurate. There's a difference between compressing timelines and like composite characters and then just like making shit up that didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. And like, you know, I have an investment in these historical figures because I've read so many books and Mm -hmm. super into the the story of it. Yeah. But um, like, don't try to make me feel sorry for Mary Queen of Scots and getting her lion head lopped off because she conspired to. Yeah, she did. Many times, several times. Not just once. Sure did. Um, Neither of them are. Neither of them are particularly like yeah also don't try and get me to believe that like elizabeth was like mentally fragile weirdo (laughs) mentally fragile but also like was like all that torn up about executing her because i well she did hem and haw about it she hemmed and hawed about it but like she wasn't like it wasn't the destroyer of her life she also wasn't all that torn up about not being a wife or a mother, honestly. No, she wasn't. And it bugs me when people put that varnish on that story, like, oh, she must have been super jealous. And, like, Mm-mm. there was some jealousy there, but it was mostly about youth and beauty. <laughs> it wasn't about... Right. It was not about being a mother and a wife. No, it was about Elizabeth living Elizabeth did not care. If she'd cared, she would have done it. I don't know, just like what a raw deal to be in that position and have a bunch of dudes like whining in your ear. constantly. Well, just in your ear for 30 some years being like, but what about getting married? Like, I'm trying to run a friggin' empire here. Can you lay off? Yeah, just there's a lot of just. But like, also, let's a take into consideration. Well, like, actually, too. What happened to her mother? What happened to her father's other wives? Like what she watched happen to every woman she saw that got married. Yeah. Is it any surprise that she was like, mm, 
No, thanks. I don't know. I'm good. <laughs> well, now let's talk about, let's talk about Ascot now. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, uh, where, where, where? So for those who are not psychotic Anglophiles like Sarah and I are, um, but even probably even less so to Sarah, because I don't know how I, I'm, I'm super, okay. I, I need to preface this by saying I actually hate horse racing. Um, I had a very bad experience when I was a little kid and it scarred me ever since. And I don't, I can't actually watch horse racing. Ascot is the, uh, I don't know if it's the opener of the British horse racing season. I think there may have been other race courses that have opened prior to this. I don't think this is the start, but Ascot is the largest British racing event of the season. It's five days. Um, there are several different enclosures with several different, they each have uh, wardrobe rules, which you know I love a nice, strict British uh, wardrobe rule. <laughs> um, and it is, oh, it is known for, which all British racing really has this, but like Ascot in particular, like is known for the hats. And if you know me at all, you know that I hate that we no longer, that we do not wear hats anymore, particularly in this country. We have no events that are hat wearing occurrences, except for maybe Sunday church, but I am not southern mm -hmm. uh and i don't even know if like church ladies still wear hats but there are rules based on the size of the hat and on particular days they're you know the first day is a little bit more subdued because it's like the royal kind of enclosure day and like everybody and then the, there's a ladies day where everybody goes buck wild with their hats and it's the super weird ones and just ugh. I'm trying to convince Sarah to go to Ascot <laughs> with me next year. Um, it's been a goal of my adulthood. Um, it's been a goal of, no, you know what? It's been a goal of my life ever since I saw Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. There is an Ascot opening day scene in My Fair Lady. And all I've ever wanted to do is go to Ascot opening day. But now it's five days. But uh, now I want to go to all five days. And they, you're telling me that they allow grubby Americans at this event? I think if they, as long as we follow the rules, which they release a wardrobe guide. Oh, God, I love, oh, I just, I, I, I love pomp and circumstance. So, not pomp and circumstance. Oh, I don't even know how to put into words how much I love the, yeah, it is pomp and circumstance. I love pomp and circumstances of circumstance of things like this. I just, yes, they let grubby Americans in. We may not know all the songs that they sing because they do sing a lot of songs because the fourth day, don't get it twisted. It gets a little like drunk, British drunken lit up in there. And there's a <laughs> lot of singing, but there's a lot of singing with men in morning coat and top hats and women in fancy dresses and not fancy dress because that's costume fancy dresses and hats 
ah, it's just everything I've ever wanted in my life <laughs> in five days. You're wanting to know if Zara Phillips or Zara Tyndall, sorry, is pregnant. I call her Zara Phillips too. That's just, this is how far back we, this is how far back our Anglophilia insanity goes is that she's Zara Phillips, but she is Zara Tyndall. Um, I Googled it. I did a fair bit of Googling. It turns out some people think she is, some people are not concerned, but I swear I was, I was mostly remarking on it because she just had a baby. Yeah. June, 2018, I guess that was a year ago, but like yoinks, yowza. I was looking at the pictures in the... She looks pregnant, right? In the sun. It might just be the dress. I don't know. There's pictures where she has her arms, like, crossed over her front where she looks pretty not pregnant, but... Well, and they're also saying that, like, they're they're also like, oh, is Eugenie uh, pregnant because of the way that she's standing? And, like, could Kate be pregnant again because of the way that she's standing? So I, I just noticed that she was wearing a dress that made her look slightly pregnant and because it's Britain, uh, naturally, I'm not the only one who is um, speculating. I was looking at the pictures in the, in the sun online, which, you know, they, they have a real like hate on for Meghan Markle, which is pretty gross. I mean, there's so much effort put into like deconstructing every like facial experience. It must be exhausting. It must be exhausting. Yeah. Um, like, I know you get to go to Ascot and wear beautiful clothes, but. Well, like, I don't feel like everyone's studying the randos, like, expressions at Ascot. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, being. Must, being royal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of that to say that Zara Tyndall. <laughs> Maybe pregnant? Question Maybe pregnant. I hope for her sake that Kate Middleton is not pregnant because I understand it to be very miserable for her, so. I hope for her sake that she's also not pregnant, especially since didn't she just have a baby? Uh, I feel like they give these women like no time for their second shout out to vulvas. (laughs) People. Stop making them put on a white dress, get their hair done and go outside three hours after delivering a child. Like some recommended reading to people who don't know like necessarily what happens to like when you get pregnant like or carry a baby and like which I've never done either but I feel like I've watched enough and had enough friends to know go watch like Ali Wong's like special (laughs) weird and disgusting things happen to your body when you have a baby whether you are royalty or not so stop making these women do performative also, give their vaginas a break. <laughs> I, know. I wonder who the who the first one to be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. That's gonna be. I mean, Megan kind of did that, but I feel like it's a um, it's a Beatrice. It's a it's a it's a Beatrice or Eugenie or Eugenie. Which, like, fine. We don't need any more. Like, it's good. You you guys are good. You got plenty. You got enough. Oh, you mean to not have kids? Yeah, that would be a considerable. Oh, what were you choice. saying? Uh, not making a public show display of. Oh, might be Eugenie as well. I don't know. No, when they said that, when they announced that um, they weren't going to do that thing that Kate Middleton has to do, where they trot the baby out and she looks yeah. like you know she's off to a party. 
um, when she Megan was like, Megan wasn't gonna do I'm, not, I'm not doing that. We're taking a few days to be by ourselves as a family. There was there was outrage. I mean, I there was women. There was a talk show that I saw, and it was like The View, but the British version of yeah. The View. And these women were like, I mean, they didn't say this outright, but it was basically like, we own them. Like, I'm sorry, no. but you have an obligation to appear. Like, I mean, just, it does go back to like the like. I mean, that goes back thousands and thousands of years of like we have a live baby and it wasn't switched with a peasant baby (laughs) which is a real story yeah that's why you have 50 people in the room when marie antoinette gave birth oh jeez humanity is a weird (laughs) humans we need to do better just like americans uh everybody just cool out <laughs> what are you doing uh brits uh calm down with the performative royalty mothering just everybody everybody just take a chill pill. take a note from fleabag and take a note from fleabag maybe pick up some tennis yep maybe start some like a little bit of boot camp get a little bit of exercise just like maybe the country just needs like a nice dose of like start meditating maybe take up some yoga do some you know light calisthenics <laughs> take some antidepressants don't sit up like, don't every, a little cbd every, in your coffee right just like everybody i feel like everybody just needs to like take a minute and like Maybe do some skincare and maybe do a little bit of like belly breathing and just we all need to take a great big inhale and a great big exhale and do a sun salutation. And like, (laughs) I'm not saying it's going to solve anything, but everyone needs a little reset, right? Yeah. I feel like we just, we just, everybody needs the world. It's not going to solve anything, but like everyone needs a little, everyone needs a little bit more flea bag in between seasons one and two. Yep. And I guess with that, I'll close us out. <laughs> Woohoo. What are we going to watch next week? <clears throat> Man, I don't know. Ugh. Uh, maybe we should watch, what's your other show? Crashing. Crashing. Uh, oh, we uh, <clears throat> should we try and locate some like? Are you being served or keeping? Hey, I have a question. Have you ever watched yeah. Catastrophe on Netflix? I have. We could talk about that. We could though. Are you not a big Catastrophe fan? No, I don't know. I love it. It just feels not entirely British because I love Rob Delaney. Don't get me wrong, but he does bring an aspect of he, he there's too much American in that show for me. Well, let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, Send us your suggestions. Oh, we did have a listener suggestion. Did we? Yeah. To watch Simon and Simon, which is also not a British television show. What the hell is Simon and Simon? I don't know. I'll explain later. Mm, Um, All right. But uh, so you can find us on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. We have a website, which is a website. We have a website. 
which is teaandsympathypod.com. You can email us those uh, suggestions of things to watch at teaandsympathypod at gmail.com or leave something, you know, a nice comment, perhaps a suggestion on Facebook at facebook.com slash teaandsympathypod. Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Podbean. Oh, sorry, Mom, about all the vulva talk. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and <clears throat> rated E for everyone. Um, no, explicit. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, but, uh, for our 10 listeners, none of whom are children. No, I, we hope anyway. Um, <laughs> and until next time, this is the Tea and Sympathy Podcast. Signing off. Bye. Sympathy podcast is hosted and produced by Melissa and Sarah. It is recorded from Cleveland and Nashville on Zoom using Blue Snowball USB microphones. Teen Sympathy is edited in Audacity, a free, open source, cross platform audio software available at www.audacityteam.org. Teen Sympathy is hosted and published on Podbean. Thanks for listening.